What is going on, everybody? It is Monday night, and welcome on in to the OBR's Unscripted. I'm Michael Keefe. Joining me, uh, <laughs> what is that? Andrew Spade, what is that? Mike, uh, I am excited to be the first Browns uh, Twitch streamer uh, talking about the Browns from space. <laughs> yeah, you're somewhere in space. I am. Yeah, where are you, where are you floating around at right now? Uh, I think we, you know, that comet, that that green comet that people are seeing. I'm on that. It's blue from where you're at, though. Well, it's it's one of those optical illusions. The atmosphere makes it look greener than it is. Listen, this is this is a mile a milestone here. Yeah, you've been you've been in the murder basement for yep. so long. Yeah, for so yep. long. I decided and to turn over you, a new a new leaf. You're bright and glorious. You look like you're on a, on the set of a knockoff Avatar movie. <laughs> That's what we're going for. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it's, it's Fumble is correct. I'm still in the residence inn, not the Holiday Inn Express. I don't know enough. I haven't stayed there, uh, but I'm still at the residence inn in beautiful Miami, Florida. So I'm not, I can't complain. No. I wake up every day and it's 80 degrees. So it's, don't you dare complain. I'm not complaining. Great. I spent the weekend, I spent the weekend in Key West. Mm-hmm. That place is great. Yep. Yeah. Did you have a nice time? That place is great. I mm-hmm. want to go back. Mm. You're giving Fumble 13 acid flashbacks. I like it's the off season, man. Expand your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he's doing. So listen, welcome into Unscripted again. Unscripted. This is the second edition uh, where Andrew and I have got a couple things we want to talk about, but we're kind of just going to go off the walls. And sometimes we're going to talk about the Browns, and sometimes we're going to talk about other things. Uh, but uh, that that is Unscripted, and we want you to be a part of the conversation, just like Manimal here. Just subscribe for 12 months in a row, Manimal, our Thank good you, friend. Animal. A uh, shout out to Manamel, Manamel. Uh, so Andrew, I know it's Manamel. Uh, okay. Okay. Are you trying to give me a hard time right off the bat? Nope. I'm trying to Just, be nice to you. I'm complimenting no, I your background. You respect, I want you to respect our viewers. That's all. You look like <laughs> you look like the worst of like. It's like if Hans Gruber. It's like a diehard knockoff. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like the Hans Gruber replacement. That's what you look mm-hmm. like right now. Okay. Like that's I mean, the movie poster for like uh, die a little harder. A, a poor man's Alan Rickman is a compliment where I come from. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, next it's Snape. Uh, all right. Yeah, so Andrew, we got some things we want to talk about, but obviously the first thing we want to talk about here on Unscripted, it was it was conference championship weekend this weekend was. in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And Did you oh get a, boy. Watch those in Key West. So we uh, we were making our way back from Key West. We watched the majority of the Eagles Niners game on uh, Isla Morada, mm. which is I don't know a couple. I was in the Keys. It was awesome. Sure. I, there were sharks. There were sharks. We were sitting nice. and there were sharks, and we were watching football, and that is really cool. Uh, and then we made it back in time for the Bengals and Chiefs okay. game. So you yeah you so you saw most of most of the weekend. I did. I Good. didn't feel the need. Let's start with this game. I didn't feel yeah. the need necessarily per se to watch too closely the Eagles 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah, feel I bad. Mean, I feel bad. Yeah. What can you yeah. do? Yeah. It's disappointing. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think that the, uh, uh, you know, any team that's going to, that's playing their fourth quarterback of the season and it happens to be in the NFC championship game, you have to say that, I mean, it's disappointing for them that they weren't able to go further, but also, like, hats off to them for getting as far as they did, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely disappointing. I would have been curious to see how Brock Purdy would have handled that game uh, if he had had a chance to play the whole thing uh, healthily rather than being forced to play the fourth quarter without a right arm. Um, but, yeah, it's. I, I mean, I, I think the, the real question, Mike, that I have about the whole thing is, is I mean – it legitimately starts to feel at this point like Kyle Shanahan is cursed to not ever get to do this with his quarterback of choice. Yeah, I'm telling you, just, just to not have any of the other guys available. I right. mean, the fact that you put your fourth string quarterback in and he gets hurt. Yeah. And you just have no other options. You have no options. Right. right. Uh, right. Except for to put, and it comes out today that Brock Purdy has a torn UCL. He's got a, he's going to have surgery. He's got a six month recovery. Yeah, that's like Tommy John, right? Basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's his throwing arm. So six months might, you know, it's six months till he's fully healthy. And then we'll see how he's throwing the ball after that. Right. 
because it takes you a while to regain your velocity and your touch and all that stuff when you're throwing um, with a with a new elbowed ligament. So yeah, yeah, I, it, I, it, I, it's, it was yeah. hopeless. It just felt right. it felt hopeless. If and I didn't, I really didn't care who won. I didn't care at all who won the game. Right. It just felt hopeless. Like yeah, man. I you know you wanted to, that should be a really great game when you're talking yeah. about when you're talking about Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and and the and George Kittle and the weapons on San Francisco and you're talking about them going up against all those weapons uh, for the Eagles and Hertz and Brown. And, and you just feel like, man, yeah, this totally. is bound to be a great game. And, and then two injuries, boom. And that's it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's rough. I, you know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do anything. I don't know what you say to that. Like if you're, you were talking about Shanahan, what do you, what, I, you can't really oh, say anything boy, yeah. what do you say other you? than yeah. great job guys. Yeah. Like I'm proud well, of you. And then on top of that, there was, you know, not. I don't think like that the officiating was was terribly biased, but there was an Eagles drive that would basically consisted of, of 49ers defensive penalties, um, and so there, you know, there's a there's a few calls that really seem to go against them, and so um, uh, between the two things, it's just got to kind of feel like you kind of throw your arms up and say, you know, what <laughs> what what else could go wrong really at that point? So um, yeah, disappointing that it wasn't. I think that game, uh, you know, to, to Manimal's point, I think that would have been a close game if Purdy didn't get hurt. Um, the Eagles might still have pulled it out, but I think it would have been a, a decent contest. And uh, I mean, it, you know, it, like obviously it got it reached its bottom when Purdy had to come back in and play without being able to throw the ball. But uh. um, even Josh Johnson, I mean, he he clearly was not like ready to do what he needed to do to run that offense. And and I mean, I'm not blaming him. You know, it's just oh. a, a an unprecedented situation. So, um, yeah, really unfortunate. Um, and, uh, I think we were probably robbed of a decent football game and, uh, instead, you know, kind of just got to, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I did watch most of it, but I'm like now trying to remember why. And I, I guess mostly cause it's like conference championship weekend is when it finally feels like it's slipping away. Right. We've got Yes. We've got one more game that's more spectacle than football game. And then and then we've got, you know, we're staring down the barrel of eight months of, of uh, football winter, so to speak. You know, it it, it made me I, I had like a sad moment because I was like, put yourself in the in the shoes of a fan of the 49ers. Yeah, for sure. Right. And yeah, they had a great and, and I think Browns fans would be like, yeah, but at least they got this far and at least they made it here. Right. Nah. Imagine the Cleveland. Browns. Oh, no, I would be melting down. Like imagine if imagine the Cleveland Browns get to the NFC Championship game as the hottest team in football. They haven't lost in forever, did the 49ers. Yep. And and then you just lose any capable quarterback. Mm -hmm. and, and and with it any chance to win the game. I just that's de I Yeah. I I put myself from a fan's perspective devastating. That is yeah, devastating. No, it would be it would be really hard to stomach. I think you you would you'd kind of feel, you know, I mean, it's, it, to me, it's like, you know, you have the bounces of the ball that go against you, you know, the turnovers or the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the single plays, the bad luck plays, right. A missed field goal or whatever. That's one moment, you know, but like, this is like, you know, basically you still have to play the game. You still have to watch the game if you're a fan, but you also know your team has no chance of winning. That's gotta be really hard. I'm getting. I'm. I knew I was going to get crap for this. Ob Acres says the 49ers have won, W O N Ob Acres six Super yeah. Bowls. Uh, yeah, I still feel bad. They still. Right. They still go through the game like everybody or the season like everybody else, right? I mean, yep. they, they, the the fact that the fact that you got to that point and then just didn't have a chance in the game, right? Is is brutal. Is brutal. Totally. On the other side, Andrew, let's talk about the team that won. Yeah, because sure. With with everything that happened, and listen understanding that the Eagles had no opportunity to play any sort of offense in that right. game, or I'm sorry, the 49ers. Did I say that? I don't remember. Uh, had no opportunity to play any sort of offense in that game. The Eagles offense is still going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL, uh, a, a defense that had been shutting people down left and right, not giving up hardly anything. And then Eagles offense came out there and they, they played a heck of a ball game. They did. Uh, so how good are the Philadelphia? I mean, I know they're in the Super Bowl. Right. How how good are the Philadelphia Eagles? We were talking about them on the Slack channel a little bit today. Right. Of team, teams that they beat, quarterbacks they beat to get to the Super Bowl. How good do you think they are? 
Yeah, Ian Ian just posted it in the comments. They they made the Super Bowl beating Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson, which is basically the argument, right? Is that they have had and their regular season schedule was easy. Um I think the Eagles are very good, but they definitely have had a pretty nice smooth path. Um uh I, I you know, it's it's that, you know, so like as much as you don't want to be in the 49ers shoes, you'd love if you're a, you know, if we're you know, we're all Browns fans, you'd love for the Browns to get this path to the Super Bowl next year. Um where, where they, you know, kind of cruise to the one seed, even resting their quarterback for a few games, and then have two two playoff games against the Giants, who are definitely overperforming, and then, you know, a 49ers team that ran out of quarterbacks, literally. So um, I, I do think the Eagles are a good team. I mean, you know, Vegas knows this stuff. They've got it around a pick for the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and, and I think the Chiefs are probably the best team in the league. So, um, I, you know, I think the Eagles are good. I, I think – one of the things that has happened is that um, they have made it look easy because of how good they are. But it is still an interesting question. And, you know, um, <laughs> we've been lucky to have a lot of really close Super Bowls recently. And I, I think this one will be a close game. But I, I wouldn't be, like, shocked to death if the Chiefs just kind of came out and whacked the Eagles. That wouldn't blow my mind. I don't know that it would blow my mind if the Eagles came out and whacked the Chiefs either, but we're going to talk about the Chiefs because yeah. I've, I've got things to say about them too. Uh, it uh, People always want to do this asterisk thing, right? Like if, if yeah. a team doesn't get to where they get the way you want them to get there, right. Exactly. asterisk, right? Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to get killed on this too. But uh, when the Lakers won the NBA Finals in the bubble season, Ah, asterisk. That was the bubble season. Well, no, right. all those other, all those other teams had to do that too, and they beat all the other teams right. and they won. Yeah, it, the Eagles played what was laid in front of them. And again, if you if you were as a Browns fan, if the Browns played the easiest schedule and they yep. faced injured players all season and they get to the AFC Championship and they're going up against who gives a crap who else and, and right. they don't have quarterbacks, we're not going to be sitting there going, oh, yeah, but mm, uh, I just don't feel as good about this Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, no, I'd still be drunk. Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still am drunk and they've been gone for weeks. They've been gone for weeks. Uh yeah, I don't, just uh, who cares? Who can like who cares? Exactly. No, exactly. Yep. If a team right. plays what's in front of them and they win and they do it with what got laid in front, they didn't pick it. Right. The Eagles didn't pick that. They didn't pick to have Brock Purdy get hurt. They didn't pick right. playing a whole boatload of crappy quarterbacks all season long. They didn't pick that. Yep. So that was that got put in front of them. Hey, they had to do it. I think the Eagles. Man, I think they're really good. By the yeah. way, I yeah. think they're really good. I think that that team as constructed. I, I, that offensive line is so good. Yeah. Every time I see Jason Kelsey, I'm pissed that he's not on the Browns. Well, you know, and then the other thing that's worth saying there is that, I mean, obviously Andrew Berry worked for Howie Roseman, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he also worked for Sashi Brown. I don't know what to think about that, but he worked for Howie Roseman. And so, you know, if there's a team that the Browns personnel-wise should look like really in the NFL, it's the Eagles. And, um, you know, that should give Browns fans hope that uh i mean look at where the eagles were two years ago and look at where they are now that turnaround you know should give the browns hope that even yeah. even going eight and nine and then seven and ten you know they're they're maybe poised for a sort of a two-year run like the eagles have been on hey uh, as long as andrew berry got his ability to notice when his coach was making a terrible trade and then forget to fax it into the league from Sasha right. brown right. as long as he got right. that trade or yeah. that trait uh right. i'm happy yeah, yeah no, listen, I'm I, you know, and, and, and the Eagles are sneaky, versatile. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about them, right? Like you look at them and you go, ah, but Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, uh, Kenneth Gain, like, ah, those guys are okay. And know. they are okay. But then they can do what they did in this game, again, against a really good defense. Yeah. And they can score, what, three rushing touchdowns? Yep. Uh, was it yeah. Scott, one for Scott and two for, uh, two for Miles Sanders? I think Gainwell got in there too. Could be wrong. Might have been four. Yeah, uh, you got you've got the outside threats. Uh, Devontae Smith and and AJ yep. Brown are so good. And Jalen Hurts, man, I, I'll tell you this: I had no idea. I, I really had no idea that Jalen Hurts could turn into the type of quarterback that he is. Yeah, no, no, not a lot of people saw that coming. Honestly, that's incredible. So the that's Eagles. The Eagles punch their way into the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going back for the what second time in five years. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they won the the last one over the New England Patriots on the uh, the Philly special. 
uh, with mm-hmm. Nick Foles, and they're going back. And so let's talk about the other game, the AFC. Last night, uh, a much different game. Yeah, sure was. It, in what wasn't competitive at all in the NFC cha- in the NFC title game, the AFC title game was a totally different story. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, the Chiefs beat the Bengals on a, a 45-yard field goal with three seconds left in the game, 23-20, to 20, which is hilarious because that was the score last year yep. when the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Uh, and the Chiefs punched their ticket to the Super Bowl, man. That was a hell of a game, Andrew. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I I didn't, you know, Pat Mahomes was so hurt. I mean, so hurt. And uh, it really affected his ability to play football until it didn't, right? Until all of a sudden he's scrambling for a first down uh, and getting tackled out of bounds to set up the game-winning field goal. Like, uh, I mean, that dude is amazing. And um, you kind of look at the, you know, we talk about the 49ers injury situation with the quarterbacks. The Chiefs had an injury uh, catastrophe at wide receiver. They were down to three healthy wide receivers. You know, a guy named Marcus Kemp was getting minutes for them at the end, and uh, Mahomes was making it work. So, like, uh, you know, the, we know how good the Bengals are. Um, we, you know, we've, we had to, we got to spend a week as Browns fans arguing about whether or not we should be rooting for the Bengals and what's okay and uh, whipping, you know, flagellating each other for doing the wrong thing, which is Excuse Browns me. fans' specialty. This is a family show. Well, I, I, Sir, yeah. Yeah, we're not okay. talking about I, flatulence, okay? <laughs> flagellance. <laughs> oh, and, flagellance. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, I, I just think, I mean, Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, one of a kind, man. And, um, you know, I just, I, it really does to me, you know, obviously last week against the Jaguars and then this week with the Bengals, it just really reminds me of that game against the, you know, the, the Chiefs for the Browns had where, Somehow, even when you get them out of the game, the Chiefs still win. It's just like what they're doing there in Kansas City. Five straight AFC Championship games at home. It's gross, man. I mean, it's great for them, but uh, being a fan of another team in the AFC, it does not feel good. I went very neutral in that whole conversation about can you root for the Bengals? Can you not root for the Bengals as a Browns fan? I got very neutral on that. I only got worked up when people were like, well, the Steelers and the Rams. I'm like, no, we're not talking about them. I was neutral. So now I can fully come out and say, I'm so glad the Bengals lost. I am so (laughs) glad they lost. That field goal went through, and I'm doing fist pumps. I'm excited. Come on. Like, as a a Browns fan, I don't have this deep disdain for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I do have a desire to not see them win a Super Bowl before us. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't want that. I don't want Cincinnati having that bragging right. Like, yeah, we the Bengals won the Super Bowl, especially because for so many years, the Bengals were a whipping boy in, in, in talking points around the NFL, just like the Browns are. They've been crappy forever. And I, I can't. I can't. I couldn't watch them go back to another Super Bowl and, and potentially win it. As much as I respect how good they are. Yep. And as much as I love their quarterback. I can't tell you how much I hate that Joe Burrow's not on the Browns. Right. That, the year, that the year we had the number one overall pick, there wasn't a Joe Burrow sitting there. Yep. No, we had yeah. to pick between four different guys that everybody had opinions on right there wasn't a clear choice it just is i'm just so glad i'm so glad that they are yeah sitting at home well congratulations mike does that make me a loser fan does that make me a loser because my team's a loser and now i'm glad another team lost no man it's all all's fair in divisional rivalries you know i don't, I don't think you can get that upset about a non-divisional opponent but I think it's fair It's fair for anybody to want whatever they want for the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens. You know the other reason I'm glad that they lost? The, the, this needs to teach a lesson to mayors of cities oh, across sure. the country. Yeah. yeah. The hell was that guy doing? You know, and then the last night, uh, the, what was it, the Empire State Building put on Eagles colors because the Eagles beat the Giants, or the made it to the Super Bowl, and Giants fans are like... Uh, driven crazy by that like uh what i there's like i think there's kind of a strain and then there was like a a calves post yesterday rooting for the bengals before the game so yeah i don't know man that Uh, one that okay we could talk about that for a minute because you brought that up in our slack channel i didn't like that That that's not great that's what i'm saying it's like yeah i I agree i know that joe burrow is a Cavs fan right i know that joe burrow grew up a cleveland fan Right. That's fine. 
but the the official the official page of the Cavaliers yeah. should not be putting stuff on on Twitter saying you know whatever it was it was a picture of Karis LeVert and it said something about Joe Burrow and yeah. winning or whatever and then it hashtag who day whoa right. yeah who greenlighted that that's what I'm saying it's just some some weird things where like I think I think we're maybe like entering the phase of like the social media age where everybody is just going to say everything all the time and it doesn't really matter. Is that, we're not there. We're not. We have well, that's what I'm that. saying. Like we're really like this is how you know we're there because the Empire State Building can root for the Eagles. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's it. That's what we've we've reached it. That's why that's why Andrew's here floating in outer space because he just can't take it here on Earth. That's anymore. right. I've <laughs> I've had enough and I'm off to find a new world. I'm very glad It'll to hear this. Only from Browns Adam. fan. Manimal was at the Cavs game last night. They showed uh, yeah, a kid wearing a Burrow jersey, and the kid was soundly booed. I'm not always for booing kids, but come on, yeah, have a little, have a little awareness. Whoever's running the Cavs social media channel, have a little bit of awareness of where you are. You're still in Cleveland. Yep. This is still a Browns town. What do it you really think is, is going to happen? Do you think? Do you think the whole city of Cleveland's going to be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, Joe Burrow. Oop, Joe Burrow was a Browns fan, so yep. let's cheer him on. No. Paul, Paul this is this is my point too. Paul's exactly right. It's all it's a, it's all due to interns. It's all people that don't understand how this stuff works. Oh, real quick, great question that just popped up. Uh, Barry Bonds or A Rod? I don't know where this question came from, but we're addressing this right now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I think Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time. Best player I've ever seen play, Barry Bonds. Yep. And the fact that. The fact that both of those guys aren't in the Hall of Fame is a crime. And yeah, I know A-Rod's like the most unlikable guy on the right. planet. They're both pretty unlikable, yeah. Mm, I, but then I so was like... Ty Cobb. Oh, and yeah, so, you know who else was? So was Bob Feller. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, I was kind of like Barry Bonds. I was yeah. I, like, I didn't find him to be that, but I also, I liked Albert Bell. So right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, guess I'm, not, gotta... I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying they, they were all kind of, sur- I mean, a lot of sports guys are, you know. I guess I got a soft spot for that time. No, listen, Barry Bonds, yeah. in my life, best player I've ever seen play baseball. Okay. Uh, one of the best players that's ever going to go down. I don't care about his cheating uh, or his steroid use because most of the pitchers he was hitting off of were also using steroids or some kind of performance enhancer back in the time. Uh, and yep. so, yeah, listen, give Express me Barry Bonds all day. Cool. Thanks for throwing A-Rod into that. I'm not going to keep doing this, Giorgio. I know you're doing it in the comments, but I'm not going to keep going there. Uh, but I appreciated uh, yeah, I that one. I don't know enough about hockey to do the next one. So, well, the, and that's not even it's not even a question. Uh, yeah, well, there's also that. So, um, let's talk about let's talk about uh, the rest of this AFC Championship game, right? Because sure. It, it comes down to uh, both teams start fluttering offensively. Uh, both teams not really getting a lot going, uh, and then. Uh, I know there's a lot of people screaming about, I'm going to get to the call, but a lot of people were screaming about other calls that happened kind of throughout the game, but none of them really materialized into anything, right? Like a lot of people are mad about certain things that happened that, that appeared to extend drives for the chiefs, but then the chiefs wound up punting, you know? So that doesn't really do much uh, in terms of anything. Uh, But the, the moment of this game, uh, the Bengals have to give the ball back to, uh, uh, or it was after the interception, I guess. Right. Um, or I don't remember what it was. Was it a punt? Did they punt? What's happening? To give the Chiefs the ball back at the end. Uh, yeah, punt? they punted. Remember, they punted oh, straight God. down the middle yeah. to Sky yeah, Moore, yeah, yeah. and then he took it like 20 Oh, yeah, the, the Sky right Moore punt. Yeah. So that sets up a, uh, with very little time left, about eight seconds to go in the game, it sets up a scramble play where Patrick Mahomes is looking down the field. He doesn't find somebody. He scrambles out to the right, runs down the sideline, picks up a first down, takes two steps out of bound. And the Bengals defensive player of the game, Osai, what's his first name? Joseph. Yeah, okay, cool. That's what I was going to say that, but then I was afraid I was going to be wrong. Joseph Osai hits Patrick Mahomes right in the back, sends him into the bench. Osai goes scrambling into the bench. He hurts himself. I don't know how that one guy that got ran over didn't, like, die. Uh, And the flags come out. It gives Kansas City 15 yards, which puts them right in field goal range. They hit the game-winning field goal. First of all, I think you and I are going to have a difference of opinion in a minute, but the one thing I don't think we're going to have a difference of opinion on, Andrew, is I mean that's it was the most obvious call. Yeah, that's it was, that's why I think it's cool to not to be a little bit mad at him because it was very very late. It, I mean, you said too. It was it was legitimately three full steps after he had stepped out of bounds. It was two. It was two steps 
He he stepped right. out. His second foot came down, and Osai got him. And we'll talk about why I I I differ from you. But the flag as a referee, as a former ref in football, yeah. I see that play happen. It's, it's easy. Boom. Yeah. You got to you got you got to be letting up if you see that guy hitting there hitting that sideline. You got to be letting up, especially the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Especially the quarterback. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, Mike. Well, no, listen. Again, from an officiating perspective, uh-huh. I understand. Yep. I'm not ready to kill the guy. I no, can I'm see, not here to I kill can him. see what's going on in his head. This is all I'm saying. I feel awful for him. Right. That's I feel the part awful. I have problems with. Well, you can shut up and then have, give your piece in a minute. I feel awful for Joseph Asai. One, he made so many of the plays that kept the Bengals in that game all game long. Mm-hmm. Again, he was phenomenal in that game yesterday. Made a name for himself. All you did was hear his last name through the whole broadcast. Yeah, he was great. And so here's the situation. And I understand. The situation is you're watching Patrick Mahomes go down the field. And you know that Kansas City is getting close to being able to make a play to score to take this thing home. And you see Patrick Mahomes kind of turning that corner a little bit and running down towards that first down marker. And you are in full-on protect mode. Don't let him have one extra yard because every yard at this point of the game is a difference maker. And I think he just kind of lost track of when exactly Patrick Mahomes stepped out. Because, again, watch the play in full speed. And it's a fraction. If he hits him a fraction of a second earlier, it's we're all talking about that it's fine. But it looks when you slow everything down and you show a picture of Patrick Mahomes with his two feet on the sideline as Osai's pushing him in the back, it's real easy to judge it that way. But go watch it again. Go watch it in full speed again. Was it an obvious penalty? Yes. But in the speed of the game, in the heat of that moment, I I feel terrible for him. He was trying to make a play to save any yard he could save to prevent Kansas City from getting to where they were going, and instead he cost them 15 yards. I'm not mad at him for it. I'm not mad at him. No, I'm not mad at him either. I think the the point that I struggle with, and I, you know, we talked about it a little bit in Slack. Mostly decided to save it for the show. The part that I have a problem with is that the overwhelming sentiment from everybody publicly in the wake of him doing that was there was there was like a there was like a land rush on Twitter for a bunch of people lining up to say how bad they feel for him. And so, like, where I want to live, Mike, is in between these two things, right? Like, I don't, I'm not. <laughs> the guy like people make mistakes it's 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 sports right like uh there are notable cleveland athletes that have made terrible mistakes that have cost the browns or the indians the guardians the Cavs wins whatever literally all the athletes exactly (laughs) like it's it's fine i'm not like these guys are all the what's great about sports is that they are all human beings trying their best and uh for the most part um and and watching guys try their hardest and sometimes fail is sometimes fun and sometimes really hard. But I think there's got to be like a border, a, a baseline acknowledgement that everybody's a human being. What I don't understand is why we go from, man, that sucks. I wish that hadn't happened to, I really feel bad for the guy. Like, I, I, I don't have any sympathy for him whatsoever. Like, you, you, oh. made, you, you, made, you made a terrible mistake that cost your team the game, right? Like, so, so does like that happen? It literally happens twice a week. Who cares? Uh, I I I don't understand the rush to, to like reach out and embrace the dude. Like it, it, you know, like it just doesn't seem necessary to me or even productive. Well, one, I think Ian makes a good point here. Ian's in the comments. He's also running the show. So shout out to Ian, but it wasn't just that there was this massive, amount of stuff going on on Twitter of people just killing him. Absolutely, like, cut him, get rid of him, showing that Jets player that can't get in the door the next day, right? There was a ton of that. So I think that immediately is going to spawn a response from people that are like, like me. I did feel bad for him because the guy played, I watched the game. He gave every ounce of everything he had in that game. Every ounce of everything he had in that game. And he played so well, and he was doing, and his team is right there, Right on the precipice, you fought all season long for this. 
All season long, you fought for this chance to go to the Super Bowl. You went last year. People doubted that you could get back. People said you played above your heads last year for Cincinnati. People didn't think Cincinnati was going to make this run again. And here you are in Kansas City laying it all on the line. And you're the guy. You're the guy that just went one step too late. And you thought you were making a huge play. And you didn't. And you watch because of your play, you watch the other team go kick a field goal to go to go to the to go to the Super Bowl. I, I feel terrible for the guy. I okay. think he played admirably. I, you could see it. And, and 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 other people are saying it too. They uh who said it here? Uh it's because they kept KB said it. It's because they kept showing him crying over and over on the broadcast. Yeah. The raw emotion of, oh my God, I just made a play that cost all of these guys a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. I, it's a human element, Andrew. It's not like a feel bad for an athlete kind of thing. It's a it's 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 a human element. That no, one I, guy, that one guy has to wear that. And when he goes on social media, he's got to see it. And he's got to see the videos. And I'm sure his teammate, I don't remember who it was, but I'm sure his teammate would take it back. Who was walking down the tunnel screaming, why do you hit the quarterback? And he's screaming. He's got to watch that over and over and over again. So, yeah, yeah I feel bad for him. No, and, and I, like, I okay, maybe, maybe I was not precise enough in my language. Uh, and and I and I will be also be honest. Yeah, all right. Everybody's piling on. That's fine. I, I'm, I, I think anybody that anybody that knows me in my personal life knows that that's not true. It's not that I don't have empathy for the guy. What I'm saying is, and 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 maybe this is just as simple as the fact is that I do a better job maintaining my Twitter timeline than everybody else. <laughs> uh, but I didn't see anybody killing him on my Twitter timeline. All I saw were people feeling bad for him, and it felt performative to me that's all i'm trying to say it felt like everybody wanted to do the thing where they say the thing about the guy that had the th you know and it's like i i don't know i maybe i maybe i am in guilty of assuming <laughs> maybe i am guilty of assuming that everybody is capable of empathy uh maybe i shouldn't be so hopeful about humanity and think that everybody feels bad for the guy and we don't all need to say it out loud. Yeah, but that, oh, yeah, that, but that's Twitter, dude. Not that's for me, got, man. Everybody's got a platform to say whatever the hell they want. People got to look at what I say on there. Uh, people got to, people got to look at what anybody that chooses to follow me has to look at what I say on there. And I don't say anything smart. I don't, no, think, I, I don't say anything. You're not going to get anywhere else. But that's, you know, you just, people go on and give their opinions. No, I, and I'm like, look, I, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter, right? I just thought that it was funny because, again, I didn't see him getting killed by anybody. So to oh, me, wow. and, 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 I, and I agree, I agree that, like, it's, it is classless of CBS to put his face on TV for as long as they did. I, I, I have a real problem with that. Um, uh, so, so actually let's take our feel bad for Joseph Asaya energy and let, let's make it some, uh, the producers of these football games are ghouls without, uh, the sort of empathy that we should all have for each other. How about that? You know, the, funny, you know the funny thing is, you know, the funny thing, I disagree with you. Nice. I disagree. I, I totally disagree that, that, that's the story of the game. Right. That plays into the emotion right. of the game. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. the you, story. You want, you, know, you want it to be like a novel or something. Okay. It is. Right. It is. It is. It's a beautiful beginning to end <sighs> novel every single game. And and, Whatever, and that's why we love it as fans is because you can you can connect with these guys and they make you feel something. If this, it, 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 Go watch games that you don't care about and you don't connect because you're not connected to the guys at all. Whatever. It, they, that's the whole story. I don't feel, I do not feel like they shouldn't have put him on TV a bunch of times. I, I, I think that was a powerful moment at the end of that game. And I think, again, the reaction from people, you would hope, like if I'm the producer or director or whatever, if, if I'm doing that, I'm hoping that the reaction is, man, look at, look at everything this guy put into this game and look at how devastated he is because of that one thing that happened. And look at how much this means to him and all that stuff. I don't I don't take it as like you're bagging on him. I don't I don't know. I agree. Like I don't know. I, 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 no, I'm saying it's exploitative. 
what you're playing football on in on a on a field with a lot of cameras. So your empathy extends to him far enough to feel bad for him, but not far enough for him to have any privacy in that moment. Cool. Gotcha. What privacy? You're on the sideline of an NFL game. Okay, so 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 there there is what is there a line of decency? No, the, the, we you are conflating two things that do not belong together. The, one, when you are standing, when you are on an NFL team, player, coach, whatever, if you're down on that NFL field, you can be on camera anytime, game. any place. It's all fair game. Gotcha. It's all okay. It's all it's okay. all fair game. You're fair game in the in the in the stands. You're in public. You're in fair game. If you're wow. crying in public, boom, fair game. All right. So sh- so, but they but they obviously should not have showed uh, Demar Hamlin receiving CPR, right? That's yeah. That's but that's so there is a limit. That's not an emotional thing. That's not an emotion thing. That's like I, that's, I mean, there's no greater story in the NFL this year emotionally than Demar. No, Hamlin no, 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 no. You're not showing him. You're not showing his emotion. You're showing. So there him is a limit. Nearly dying. If Joseph Asai had passed out due to grief, then it would be okay not to show him. Yeah, yeah, I, I would make that. Yeah, I think anytime somebody's going through a okay, crazy, so medical, he has to be so sad that he passes out and then he's <laughs> No. Well, again, you're conflating two things. These two things do not go together. It's not a limit on what I think should be shown. It's it's emotion. If you're going to be emotional on a side, it's the same thing if, if, if two players get in a fight. It's not the same thing. Do, do I think TV shouldn't show that because that's a personal thing going on between two players? No, it's, it's different, Mike, because one is a, an emotion that is a result. I mean, it, one... <laughs> When, when two guys are arguing, that's relevant to the game because, one, the game is still happening. When a guy is upset that he lost his team the game, it we don't – who needs to know that? Nobody needs to know that. <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no, I, listen, the emotional side of things I think is always fine. I think it's always fine. That's You're on the team. This and, is a fun he, twist because it started out that I was heartless, but it turns out that Mike was really well. No, heartless. but he also has the ability during that moment. If if it's a thing, you've got right. the ability to go into the locker room. Locker room. Yeah. That's it. If you're crying it's, on it's, the sideline, you're a chump. He's not forced. He's no, you're not a chump. You're sh- I I think it's fine. I respect the fact that he was crying. It means so much to him. I respect that. But if you're on the sideline, they're going to show it. Yeah, they know this. They know this. Look, Philly thinks you're in a giant fish tank. Let's go back to that. <laughs> Welcome to Andrew's Aquarium. What kind of fish you got in that thing? Uh, it's all those the ones that die if you don't um, like talk to them or whatever. I don't know that I've ever heard of those, so we'll just go with what I think you have, which is clownfish. All right. Uh, so, little preview of the Super Bowl, Andrew. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, and we got the Philadelphia Eagles, and they go after it two weeks in two weeks, basically. Yep. Uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, so just kind of your initial thoughts on this matchup. Uh, I th- I think it like I mean I said before I I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs kind of came out and boat raced the Eagles just because of you know what how much I I mean I think Mahomes with two more weeks of of rest on his ankle is going to be in pretty good shape and uh, I think the Chiefs are a better team. Uh, but having said that, um, I think it should probably be a close game because I think the the Eagles can probably control the ball, run the ball a little bit, and I think their defensive front should be pretty nasty for the Chiefs to have to deal with. But I don't know; it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I think it should be a good game, and and I'm hopeful because I, I a fun Super Bowl is kind of a once, you know, like it it doesn't happen every year, and so when it does, it's like a it's you know, there's nothing more sort of culturally notable, right? It's the most watched television event in the in the America every year, so like. Uh, an interesting Super Bowl is always uh, a real touchstone culturally, and and that's fun. I I don't know how much better I think the Chiefs are than the Eagles. Cool. I think maybe we should make a wager, Mike. I, I think defensively, I give that edge to the Eagles all day, every day. Yeah, I think it's a much better defense for Philadelphia. I wouldn't go that far. Well, don't go that far then. Chiefs uh, are playing good defense right now. Yeah, they're playing okay. Uh, but I also, I think, and I know how good they've been all year because one, at the best position, as good as I think Jalen Hurts is, he's not even in, just speaking of your outer space situation there, he's not even in the stratosphere of a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Pretty much nobody is. And so the Chiefs are better at the one most important position. They're they're much better 
Yeah, I think they're probably also a lot better on, on the coaching staff overall. I think they're better on the coaching staff for sure. You can't, uh, yeah. Uh, I like I like Sirianni, but you can't put him in with no, Andy Reid. Not yet. Uh, but even offensively, I think the running game is much better for Philly. I think the receivers are much better for Philly. I think the the thing that and and again, it has been. They've been so good all year. They've won a ton of games. They're the yep. Kansas City Chiefs. But, man, not having Tyreek Hill out there, they've lost an element to that offense that always made them feel indestructible. They've lost a little bit of that element of when things break down and Patrick Mahomes is running around, just launch it to Tyreek Hill and he'll take it for a touchdown. That felt like it happened all the time for them. It doesn't feel like that happens anymore. Now, does he find Travis Kelsey... 20 yards open down the middle of the field. Yeah, sure. But like, I feel like the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill are are a step back from what I would think that they would be if they had Tyreek Hill out there. I think that's a huge element to what made them so scary in the past that that isn't there. So like, I think this, when I look at, when I look at the wide receivers for Philly, when I look at that team in general, I think this is a Philly team that can score Every bit as much as Kansas City can, and I think they've got a better defense. I'm I, I still would pick Kansas City to win this game, and I will pick Kansas City to win this game, but it's only because of Patrick Mahomes. Okay. There's there's really nothing else about this matchup, nothing else about this matchup that I that I that draws me to Kansas City, but that's Coaching. how good I think Patrick Mahomes is. Coaching, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. It's it's. I don't want to sit here and say, oh. I think there's such a huge advantage in coaching for Kansas City. Now, obviously, having been there and having done it and having won as much as they have, but I think Philly's, their coaching's been really good all year. No, I'm not saying it hasn't been good, but I I just think there's a difference between having done it and having led a team to a Super Bowl before. And, you know, Andy Reid knows how to get these guys where they need to go. So um, I agree with that. I I think what I'm trying to say is I don't want to say coaching and come off as, I don't think Philly's coaches are good. I think Andy Reid's awesome. Like, I think okay. Philly's coaching is really good. Andy Reid is awesome. Certainly an edge because of the experience, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like I said, I, I think, uh, I mean, the, the I understand your point about Tyreek Hill being, you know, the end the Chiefs being less scary as a result of not having Tyreek. But, you know, statistically, they're more efficient um, this year offensively. And, and that's pretty hard to believe. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that they're, better than they get credit for this year, the Chiefs. Um, they have been every bit as dominant as they've been in, in the past, uh, but they've just done it different ways. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think I think hopefully it'll be a good game, and we'll, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot next week. And, you know, maybe we can get you over to the Eagles side and we can do a little bet. Oh, all right. All right. Well, probably not, but okay. maybe we could do that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about a couple other things in the next uh, 15 minutes or so before we get out of here. Um one, the new salary cap was announced today. It's like $111 billion. Uh, and so just kind of thoughts. And uh, did, did that did that do anything for you when they announced that number? Or, uh, no, that's, you're thinking of Jack. You're thinking of our coworker, Jack. I know. And Jack immediately comes out with, yeah, yeah, yeah. boom, here's everything that's going to happen. And he's going to well, be yeah. right. He, he said it was it was like two and a half million or something like that, less than what it was expected, I guess. Correct. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the... Like it is what it is. I think the the question, um, you know, that I posed is is essentially like, given where it's at uh, and where the Browns are at in relationship to the cap, um, you know, the I think the one of the, the sort of defining question of the Browns offseason is how aggressive they are going to be, pushing money into the future, costing themselves down the road to pry open the window for twenty twenty three, more and more. That's that's the defining question of the offseason, as far as I can tell. I, I think. It's a Howie Roseman, uh, the the point you made about him uh, with the Eagles yeah. before. Uh, right. He went out and made moves that put the Eagles in a position a lot to win. Moves. A yep. lot of big moves. Yep. Uh, and, I, and I think we're now at the point where Andrew Barry is showing that they're, they need to make moves. Like, I, yes. I think Andrew Barry's got to feel like, listen, we've taken this. We're so used to the Browns being so orientated around the draft and, and, mm-hmm. and, compiling assets and 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 doing all of that that I think everybody is not quite ready to see the Browns actually not do that. Right. It's weird, right. but I think they they have to. 
think right. they have to. You have to. Uh, while we are in this period where you're paying $250 million to a quarterback, right? you have to push the envelope every chance you get. And if that means you're going to be – it's been my thing forever. If it means you're going to be trash in eight years, yeah. who cares if you win a Super right. Bowl? Right. Who right. cares? Right. The if Rams are, are awful if, this year, but who cares? They won the Super Bowl last year. Oh, wait. If you're back to 2-14 and 14 in eight years, I will take it if you win a Super Bowl between now and then. Correct. That's what you 100%. have. That has to be the mindset. It has to be the mentality. Right. We can't sit here and wait for things anymore. We're not compiling yeah. assets anymore. Yeah. We right. have to go win a title or all of this is for nothing. Right. Everything we've done, right. everything is for nothing. So my opinion is every year they should be as aggressive as possible with that salary cap number and then figure it out. Because here's the thing. The other thing is the really good general managers figure it out. And they don't let the, they they're very aggressive with their salary cap, but they do it in a way that doesn't let them slip up in years down the road outside of maybe like a rebuilding year and then right back at it. Yep. And yep. that's what we're hoping Andrew Barry is, right? No, I agree, Mike. I think I mean you you said what I was gonna say, and I, I think the the question then becomes, you know, do they do they actually I mean, we I mentioned Jack Duffin, our coworker a minute ago. Um, you know, he's of the opinion that you kind of have to be a little bit more measured because you know, you really can mortgage the future in a way that the Saints have done and, and some other teams to where, you know, you you, you end up kind of stuck. Um, but I, I think you made the point that there's there's kind of a middle path, right? It's, it's not all or nothing. And uh, I, I think, you know, my expectations are high for this offseason, that the Browns front office understands where they're at, not only in terms of the window of the roster overall, but also in terms of where they're at like job wise, right? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, eight and nine and seven and 10 is not really like winning a lot of awards in Cleveland. And so, um, yeah, they need to be better next year. They need to be a lot better. And, uh, you know, one way to do that is to, to be aggressive in ways that they have not been. Um, you know, you look at some of the moves that Howie Roseman made, it wasn't just the big swing for AJ Brown. It's also the little moves like adding Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue in the middle of the season, right? It's these little pieces that just give them now at this point of the year, deep in the playoffs, they have waves of depth. They've got guys coming out of the stands ready to play. So like that's that, you know, the, 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 the expectation isn't that it's going to be like three marquee free agents on the first day and then quiet for three months. It's going to just be a steady drumbeat of improvement and that's, I think, the the goal. Well, and 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 again, if you read and listen to what Jack says, I, I like Jack's approach. I don't necessarily know that he's saying you have to be totally more measured. I think it's in the face of people coming out and saying, go sign Deron Payne. And Jack is saying, well, you could go sign Deron Payne, or you could maybe not sign Deron Payne and use that money to get two really good interior defensive linemen and then still have money to address somewhere else. And, and that I agree with, uh, I don't, I don't think you need to be sitting around waiting for what's going to happen in 2024 and 2025 and 2026 that you need to figure out a different way because you have to be aggressive. Uh, but I, I, for me, every time I talk to Jack, it's just always kind of about, you're not going to go out and spend the most money on a, on a, on a player because no, you've got too I mean, many that's holes definitely to part of it. But, but he, he's also, uh, you know, he's also said that he thinks that they won't touch the offense really. And that's that's where I, we, we we disagree pretty strongly because he, he basically says he has said his his approach to this offseason for the Browns is that they need to invest in free agents on the defense to fill the holes. And and my response to that is they also have a hole on offense. They need another wide receiver. And so, um, you know, I, I that's where I that's where it becomes more of them extending themselves into the future years is that they're going to have to. To, to make room for another like top end wide receiver. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is the name that I'm drawn to for them to do that and add the free agents they need to on the defensive side of the ball. They will have to maneuver some contracts to make more cap space. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I, I, I listen, I think the thing we, I think the thing we agree on most completely is that they got to go for it. Yep. That's it. Whether it's, whether you think it's because like like uh, E. Gillen here agrees with you, they got to go for a top end wide receiver. I don't know if I'm on that boat. Uh, yeah, well, we should talk about that next week. We can talk about that. Whether you think they got to go out and get the top end defensive lineman, whether you think right. the the point though that I think we can agree on is 
They got to go for it. Yep. Miles yep. Garrett, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward. These guys aren't going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. You've got to go. To, even, even Deshaun Watson. They're not going to be around forever. You've got to go get these guys, whether that is in free agency or in the draft, whatever it is. Uh, yep. Real quick, we got one other topic we want to hit on, but before we get to that, I want to talk about one last football thing. Andrew, you put this in our note, and I love this. Uh, let's say you got a brother. Yeah, I do. I don't have a brother. I don't have. A brother. I have a younger brother. You got a younger brother. You His play tight Travis end. Yeah. You play tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. He plays center for the Philadelphia Eagles. You're both Cleveland Heights boys, mm-hmm. and you guys are about to face off in the Super Bowl. Yep. What's what's that relationship like this week? What's that relationship like? It, I I mean, if it was me, it would be so much trash talk. It wouldn't. It would. It would be nauseating. It really would be. It would be. It would be nonstop. It would be. I I would be less. I would be less prepared for the football game because I would be so busy trash talking. I would. Yeah. And with the amount of money these guys make, I'd be like sending weird shit to my brother's yep. house. I'd be mm-hmm. having shit delivered. Yep. To his house. Yeah. A horse head. Godfather right. style. Yeah. <laughs> I hire, a... hire somebody with a loud stereo to just like drive around the block you know? at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'd have a yeah. whole, I don't know. Did you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Absolutely. I'd have a whole like string orchestra out in front of his yep. house yep. playing songs that he hates at yep. five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. the trash talk. I love yep. I It's it. This is first of all, talk about two of the more likable dudes out there, right? Yeah. The Kelsey totally. guys. And, oh. and again, I think part of that is their ties to Cleveland and the fact yeah. that they love Cleveland. They they show up to Cleveland Guardians games and Cleveland yeah. Cavs games, and they talk about their affinity for Cleveland. So it's really easy when you're a Cleveland fan to like the Kelsey boys. Uh, but but they're also just good. They, they have a podcast they do together that is hilarious. Yep. Uh, and, and they just seem like good guys. And they are the they are fan favorites in each of their cities. Right, like when was the last time a center was as beloved as Jason <laughs> Kelsey in Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah, and the fact that they this is a good point. Manimal says their parents can't lose. Can they though? Yeah. Like if you were a parent, can you? Can this be? Uh, like I'm really happy my one kid won the Super Bowl, but my other kid didn't. Right. Well, they both Maybe have won. Favorite. That makes it easier, right? I guess that's true. What do you do? What do you put on it? Like, what's the, what are the stakes? Because you got to have some stakes. Yeah. On... The, f- the first thing that came to mind for me was just like a very expensive vacation. That's a, that's a decent idea. Once you again, know, mom you... and dad can't, mom and dad are just back there like, right. Exactly. <laughs> We're going on that. Right. Exactly. Like, just like a month away for the whole fam, you know? Okay. So let's say after the game. Because the yeah. trash talk before the game, I, I'm yeah. the same way. I would be right. just doing all kinds of wild shit before the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. After the game, though, where does it go too far? Well, I mean, after the game, I think it's, you know, you, you then you that's when you just, you know, like one guy's, you know, especially if it's a close game, one guy's going to be hurt and the other guy's going to be ecstatic. So, you know, it's it's easy in that moment for the guy that won to be magnanimous, I would expect. I would, yeah. I see that's I my hope. problem. I'm always the guy that takes it just a little bit too far. I'm aware, Mike. So I would take are you are you okay floating around out there? Is the lack of oxygen getting to your brain? Uh There's I would be there. the guy that that said that one thing too far, yeah. and then my brother wouldn't talk to me for like a year. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what? I'd be sitting there with my Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk to that instead of your brother. <laughs> yeah, well, you're my new brother. Uh, all right, listen, we got a couple minutes left before we get out of here, and uh, we want to turn things to a little bit of a more serious note uh, because, again, we are we're Cleveland guys, uh, and we love these sports teams in Cleveland. We talk a lot about the Browns, and we talk about a lot about uh, uh, NFL and football and all that, but uh, the big news of the day in Cleveland, the sad news of the day in Cleveland, uh, and news that I think we want to just pay a little tribute to, John Adams, the legendary drummer uh, that has been at nearly every Cleveland Indians slash Guardians game. Well, I don't know that he went to any Guardians games. He might have went to one or two. Uh, for the better part of 50 years, uh, yep. passed away today, they announced. Uh, and uh, the drum that could never be silenced ever throughout a game. 
no matter what the score was, no matter what the situation was, the drum could never be silenced. Uh, and, and the drummer was today as John Adams, uh, passed away. He had been sick recently and, uh, man, this is, that's a, that's a hard one. Uh, you, you yeah. kind of felt like you kind of felt like in his videos that he had made and in the news that this was coming. Yeah. He had been really sick. Uh, but man, I just, something in my head wanted me to believe that the drummer at Cleveland baseball games was never not going to be there. Yeah. And it's hard to know that he won't. Yeah. That's such a great picture of him too, because everybody in that picture is wearing like two coats. So it's like, it's just such a good reminder, like going to Cleveland baseball games for a lot of years, uh, they weren't winning and the weather was terrible. So uh, to do that for that franchise, for those, that all those years, I mean, there were obviously a lot of good years and, you know, it's uh, another person, uh, another Cleveland sports fan for whom, you know, the team couldn't deliver a championship, which is sad to think about as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, when I think about listening or watching Cleveland Indians-Guardians games, uh, I I mean, the, the, the sense memory that I have is Tom Hamilton's on the call. And, you know, when they've got runners on base, you can hear the drum in the background that that but that's like and, you know, Hamilton does such a great job of laying out and not talking, you know, when there's building action and then the drum is going and then it stops and then there's a pitch. I mean, that that rhythm, the sort of uh, the musicality of that is one of the best things about being a Cleveland baseball fan. And, uh, you know, that that. I, I just I'm struck by the generosity of it, right? To like to be so committed to something and so giving of your time that you create a memory for literally millions of people. Um, you know, uh, very few of us in the world get a chance to have that sort of a legacy, and he is one of them. So, uh, you know, I just think one of a kind. And uh, you know, I mean, do I think that the they should like replace him in some way? No. Do I think that it would be cool if somebody of a similar mindset decided to do it in the same way that he did it? Yes. Say it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to bring that up, but it's, it's, you know, what was cool about it is that if you just described it to a person. Yeah. It sounds weird as hell. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and also kind of like, like, okay, big deal. Kind of corny. Yeah. Kind of weird. For sure. For sure. what it sounds like is what it sounds yeah. like. But you know what you never experienced down at those games? You could be at a Yankees, Indians, or Guardians game. And it would be all Yankees fans, because that's right. what happens. And he'd be there playing that drum. Yeah. You never heard people like, what the hell is that? Right. <laughs> like, it was just such a part of the experience that even if you weren't from here, or even if you didn't go to a lot of games, or even if you didn't have the understanding of who this guy is, it yeah. felt right. Agreed. Like the, the ballpark yeah. felt right, even if you didn't know what to expect and didn't know what was going on. That that is yeah. the thing about it. It was so it was such an integral part of the fiber of the baseball team that it, it was never questioned. It was just, yeah, that's John Adams. And this drum thing is actually pretty sweet when you're in here. And I'm telling you, man, I got goosebumps right now thinking about these moments that I've experienced there. Going to ALCS games, watching this as recently as 2016 watching Andrew Miller strike out the side for the Blue Jays and hearing that drum going and the people clapping along with the drum. And it just is a whole, the whole atmosphere and vibe of the stadium went along with that man's drum. Yep. yep. It's going to be really yep. interesting. It'll be really, really interesting to see what they decide to do. Uh, I, they obviously have a statue kind of a thing there uh, as tribute already. Right. Uh, but it'll, it'll be really interesting to see what they decide to do, how they decide to proceed uh, but man, as everybody's saying in the comments, it was natural. He was a guy that you felt like you knew and everything about everything about what he brought. I mean, I mean there yeah. is no greater Cleveland sports fan uh, right. than John Adams. And there are some legendary ones, but right. he's going to be sorely, sorely missed. And, and we, we wanted to pay tribute and we're glad you guys did as well. Uh, I love this last comment I'll put up here by super surge. Even if you were watching on TV or listening on the radio, when you heard the drum going in the background, that's when you would really pay attention because something big was going on. 
that's, right. that's so true. That's so true. So anyways, our sincere condolences to his family uh, and his friends and all that knew him and to those people in the Cleveland Guardians organization that knew him and that 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 worked around him. Uh, John Adams passed away uh, and we'll miss him forever. Uh, the sound of that drum will always go on. So anyways, that's going to do it for us. Uh, unscripted. Thanks for letting us have a moment there with John Adams. Thank you for telling your stories. Uh, and hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, had a lot of fun talking about the, the championship weekend, the Super Bowl coming up, a little bit about the Browns. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to doing it again. So this has been Unscripted on the OBR. Uh, thanks to the OBR for putting us on. Thank you to everybody that joined us. Thanks to Ian McBride in the background for getting us on and, and making us look semi-good. Thanks to Andrew for the background. Amazing, amazing stuff there. Uh, but listen, until next Monday, got a great lineup coming on the OBR. Andrew and Jake are on tomorrow with Franchise Mode. We're on. We're going to have a little bit of a hockey episode uh, for Garage Beers uh, tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Franchise Mode is at 7 o'clock. OBR Weekly is Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And then we got maybe a special surprise for you on Thursday. So you want to check that out as well. So uh, for Andrew, catch him online at Andrew Spade. I'm Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers. Mike, we'll see you again for Unscripted again next week. Cheers, everybody.